Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. talent and see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Tommy, can you hear me? But it doesn't have to be. What? Not if she knows. Knows what? How much you really love her. Of course she does. We just don't talk about it every minute of the day, but she knows. How? What do you mean, how? How does she know you love her? Oh, no, no. How does she know People look looking. she's yours? Don't see. It's okay. And you welcome, theater peeps, to the movie musical Shakedown. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Peterson. This podcast is brought to you by the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Really excited to be joining us this week for a dip into 2007's Enchanted. This is one that I've been circling for quite a bit, and I definitely wanted to get to it, because we are now less than a month away from the launch of the brand new Disney Plus streaming network, and uh, just today, being October 14th, they started releasing all the movies that are going to be on that network, and my God, it's like Disney, do you need any more of a reason to take my money? But uh, that's why I kind of wanted to do like a Disney movie musical, but kind of staying away from the pure animation ones. So this is kind of like a hybrid because half of it's animated and, you know, half of it's not. And Disney has had a pretty good run of luck with movies like these. You know, we had Who Framed Roger Rabbit back in the early 90s. Uh, But now, kind of taking a different spin on the whole mixing animation with live action. And, And don't get me wrong, folks, this was a smash hit when it came out. Um, I enjoyed it initially watching it and then watching it again for this podcast. I had a lot of fun. And interestingly enough, this is one of those few Disney hit films that you're not going to really see a lot of when it comes to Disney. We're going to explain a little bit of of the reason why uh, later in this podcast. But Grace is going to join us soon. We're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about the music, this outstanding cast, how this kind of kick-started the Disney renaissance, so to speak. A second renaissance, if you will, for movie musicals, and um, how these gambles of, of kind of going all in on on storytelling, music, self-parodying, um, really kind of works in a way. So, like I said, we're going to break it all down, but at first, as always, here's the trailer. Of all the classic Disney stories, of all the miraculous adventures... Of all the magical tales, there has never been anything like Enchanted. (laughs) Thank you. Because no other story has ever taken you (laughs) to a land as strange and terrifying as ours. I was wondering if one of you might direct me to the castle. Watch it, will you? Grumpy. Nobody's been very nice to me. Yeah, well, welcome to New York. Thank you. Giselle, I will rescue you! Now. Who's gonna rescue me? 
I seek a beautiful girl. I, I, I'd like to find one of them too, you know? Their world and our world... I think she may be a real princess. ...are about to collide. All right, everyone. Let's tidy things up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> this Thanksgiving... How does she know? Don't sing. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. One ordinary man will have to get them back home before time runs out. Magic Mirror, I beg you, tell me where she is. Reporting from 116th and Broadway. 116th and Broadway. <gasps> Thank you, Mirror. Walt Disney Pictures presents the motion picture event of the holidays. <laughs> Are you crazy? Nobody stabs my bus. Don't you run away from me. Crazy tight wear. Enchanted. <laughs> Giselle! And we're back. And Grace is here. Hello. I'm back. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh. Good to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. So excited about this fun and fancy free musical moment we're about to do. You just perfectly described it. It is a, f I like, <laughs> I had fun rewatching this movie. I, it's mm -hmm. crazy how that happens. Um, so we're talking about 2007's Enchanted. And it, you could say that this is a movie that, for a company that doesn't like to make fun of itself very often, like they're definitely making fun of themselves a, a lot in this movie. <sighs> tongue in cheek. The most tongue, tongue, tongue in cheek. cheek. Yes. Definitely, definitely. So tell me about your first experience with Enchanted. Let's see. Let's go back to, because 2007, not to give my age away, but I was in high school. And um, we did, for one of our chorus concerts, we did So Close, and we did like an Enchanted medley. And oh, wow. I was like, because it had just come out, and we were like, yeah, let's kill it. You know, it was like a glee moment where we're like, this is the hot new thing. Let's do a medley. And like, how does she know? You know, we did all the songs. And I was like, this is actually really cute. And I watched the whole movie with, I think, my mom. And we were laughing so hard at how cute and funny and how we could literally watch that with any, any person. Like, any aged human can watch this movie and think it's the cutest thing ever. Definitely. De yeah. Well, just to show my age, yeah. um, <laughs> I saw this movie two years before I got married. So there's, it's a little bit, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, this movie came out and I remember hearing the buzz about like Disney's back. Like this is going to like, cause right. we were hoping for like good Disney music. Like they had gone through this lull of like, you know, the home on the range era where it's just like, it's, it's tough to try to get some good music from Disney. That's and true. then this came out and I, I called this like the all in like, they're Disney's going all in on trying to like you know start this renaissance of animation and you know, they pretty much succeeded uh but this this is the reason and I, yeah. I remember watching it with my my then girlfriend no. now wife uh, and being like that's this was a really cute movie like it was I thought it was a good time it was a good time so um some general thoughts about this film hit me what do you what do you got this week um general thoughts about the film itself Every time I watch it, I love it. Every time I watch it, I think it's so cute and funny. And for some reason, every time I watch it, I go, am I the only one who saw this movie? <laughs> because anytime I bring it up, I don't think that the name is catchy for people. They don't remember, you know, like when Disney first started doing all these movies with one word titles that were not gender specific. Do you remember when they came out with that marketing ploy where they were like, we're going to do 
instead of Merida's big bear tail, it's going to be called Brave. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, how can we reach the markets, you know? And so this was kind of the beginning of that time. Mm. So they were like, how do we get boys and girls to go? Or I'm like, let's just get everybody to go. Like, let's not make it weird anymore. Um, (laughs) But they were like, how can we get everybody to go? Okay, uh, we'll call it Enchanted because that's mysterious. And I'm like, well, it's so mysterious that I don't know what this is. <laughs> so I think that there was like this, I don't know, this idea of this film being kind of confusing as to who it's for because there's a lot of like cute and funny, tongue in cheek, ha ha ha, di- or, life is not a fairy tale. They talk about divorce in this Disney movie. <laughs> there's a couple literally getting a divorce in front of Ariel. And <laughs> we're just like, okay. And then the little kid is like, what am I supposed to believe? So I think that there's like a lot of adult factors in this film that make adults really love it. And then there's a lot of fairy tale themes in it uh, that make kids love it. So I think it's a real yeah. crowd-pleasing film. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, I, I read some of the research on this movie about, like, its development. And apparently, mm. initially, this is supposed to be a much darker film than what we got. <laughs> like, I read Which, that, like, go ahead. No, no, no. It's just, like, you can tell that there are elements yeah. of darkness in it. And so I think it totally makes sense. Mm. Like, I read at one point like Giselle was supposed to be mistaken for a stripper at some point in the movie. And like, what a it, missed opportunity. <laughs> I know it's crazy, oh. but like, yeah. So there's just elements that clearly like once Disney kind of put this under their umbrella, they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're not going to do that. So Let's dial it back, dial yeah. it back. But I do, I do love all the kind of self parodying that they do throughout this film. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they really do make it look, you know, preposterous uh, in a way, especially those animated sequences at the beginning. Uh, oh, like every... So funny. <laughs> so, so good. Funny. So good. Um, let's talk about the casting because this <gasps> cast is amazing. We mentioned last week, Amy Adams, who was in the running for <laughs> Fontaine or Eponine, one of the two roles uh, on Les Mis or Cosette, who knows? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but all of them. This really was a breakout moment for her in 2007. I mean, she had this just been. This is a big moment. Exactly. So I thought she was perfect in yeah, this movie. She is absolutely. I don't think either one of us could go, you know, who could have played this better? I don't think anybody could have played it better than her. She's doughy eyed. She's like, you can't, you can't possibly have a better Disney sounding voice. I think Mandy Moore has that voice, mm. but the purity on. Her face is just unmatched. I think she just played this so, so well. It, and it, as we always say, a character actress that can play dumb is usually smart. So she's killing it. And um, especially her vocals are on par. You know, she did Into the Woods uh, in the Shakespeare in the Park for um, the Delacorte Theater. And I think that we, we need to see her more in musicals. But yeah, the casting is just like spot on. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Like, I I had not known her as a musical actress, so mm-hmm. when I heard her singing in this, I was like, "Oh, okay, like this girl can sing." Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I was I was really impressed. What I really loved in watching it back, you know, a couple of, you know today and actually yesterday, um, was how much she's like she is going for it. Like she is a hundred percent believable in everything that she's doing. And I'm gonna be so bold. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm like. Why didn't she get nominated for an Oscar for this movie? Like, because the Academy hates her. I mean, they I mean, really do. No, totally. I agree with you. And then also, we always run into this thing of like musicals aren't real movies. Mm. So, which is not our take. This is not our hot take. This is just 
society's take is that like musicals aren't considered serious. Um, last week we were talking about Les Mis that was too serious. And, you know, I just think that, yeah, it's, it sucks, but she's just not um, celebrated as much as we want her to be. Yeah, definitely. But you're, I, I agree a hundred percent. She needs to do more musicals. Um, I would love to see her on Broadway, but you know, obviously she, I mean, that's a huge commitment. So I don't think we're ever going to get that from her. Yeah, but, but if she wants an award, she might finally get one. I don't know. Right. right? <laughs> I mean, the way that, you know, the, the American theater wing kowtows to Hollywood stars, when oh. Tony's, I mean, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Lord have mercy. I mean, they'll they'll create a a, a random award for Bruce Springsteen just to get him to show just up. So. Name five booth theater shows that don't have a celebrity in it, just please. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. You know, there's so many shows this, especially this year. I'm like, let's take a serious play and put high paying TV actors and see what happens. I'm and like, yeah, happens. everyone's gonna go. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder if like a, a Tony nomination is in their contract. Like, if you do this play, you'll get a Tony nomination. That's part of your compensation. I, I, Perhaps I we'll knows? find out in June. Who Stay knows? Tuned, but, everybody. But the rest of this cast is actually pretty interesting, and it's it's a it's definitely of the time in a way because you've got Patrick Dempsey in this movie, who who's at the height of McDreamy. At the height of McDreamy, and now watching it back in 2019, you're like, oh gosh, Patrick Dempsey. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> like it's because he doesn't have to do anything. He like right got paid out the waz for Grey's Anatomy, and then he was like, deuces, I'm gonna go back to my hole. You know, yep. he he was gone for a number of years before Grey's Anatomy. After Can't Buy Me Love, we were just like, I don't know where Patrick Dempsey is. And then he did the show. He did Enchanted, and he's like, yeah, I'm good. So we'll see him in another 15 years, like a Billy Crudup situation where we're just like, <laughs> oh, right, you're an actor. I forgot. Like, it's a good analogy. Right. Thanks. Okay. So there you go. Um, no, he's fantastic. Um, I'm going to James Marsden. I'm just going to say his name because everyone listening is going to be like, oh. you know, when he did this, when he did Hairspray, why aren't we talking more about James Marsden? Where's mm -hmm. he at? Why wasn't he in Les Mis? Is it because he's always giggle smiling? Maybe. I think James Marsden's too good looking. Like he's too good looking for <laughs> Les Mis. Like you, you, he'd yeah. be, you know, you can't, you, you, you can dirty up people, but man, that smile, oh, melts my heart. Um, yeah. Now, literally, like you know, you just brought up hairspray. So the hairspray came out like six months before this movie came out. So Dude. yeah, hairspray came out in the summer of twenty seven, uh, thousand seven, and then this one was literally November, um, Thanksgiving weekend um the you know of that same year so he did two musicals back to back so it was kind of like oh okay like this is like james marston's musical area i like this um and also just like quickly why wasn't he in the into the woods film i'm sorry it's not that i'm trying to typecast him as mm. a prince but he would have killed that and chris pine is fine not ragging on chris pine but come on, come on. <laughs> like James Marsden or even as the wolf and also the prince. Like, oh. I don't really know why we had to have Johnny Depp in that role. Like, he's great. Mm. I love him. But it was just kind of like a bizarre. I like when the wolf is played by the uh, Cinderella's prince, because I think that there's like a through line of like toxic masculinity, which we don't need to talk about right now. Mm. Well, we could. Anyways, let's keep yeah. going. Let's keep show. going. But that's, that's great. <laughs> um, and then you've got some really strong um, supporting members in, mm -hmm. in this cast. Uh, you have, you know, we have to talk about Susan Sarandon playing uh, the, the evil queen, so to speak. Um, classic. Mm -hmm. Classic. Great job on her. Um, one of my favorite character actors, Timothy Spall, is in this movie just being terrible. Yeah. It, and we don't, we don't talk about him enough, but you're totally right. Like, he could do 
any any character actor role in any of these is like a creepy bad guy and we love his performance every time he gives it a hundred percent yeah and actually i don't know if you've seen him recently but he's like halved himself like he is he is so thin it is like you can't you can't even recognize him anymore which by the way good for him because he's healthy yeah do your thing um yeah no that was it was striking to see him kind of in this movie like oh that's that's right he's lost a ton of weight yeah um (laughs) and then you've got adina in this adina menzel I'm, I'm not familiar. Or, or Adele Dazeem? I know that one for you know sure. That one? She sang yeah. and then she cracked. Um, what? Oh, so yes, 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 yes. She's in this film, um, and I think it's so funny because she's playing this role of like not the evil stepmother by any means, but like a misunderstood girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny to see her in this light. Idina has definitely played a variation of female characters in film mm. because we know her so much in theater. Uh, but the, you know, the next thing she did with Disney was Frozen, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, wow, your career has been so. Uh, there's so much range, and she yeah. didn't even sing in this movie. Right, she's the only one who doesn't sing, <laughs> uh, which is ironic. Um, but actually, she said she said in an interview that she was actually flattered that she got the job. Um, because of her acting rather than like them wanting to her to sing throughout the entire movie. And apparently there was a duet that was planned for her. I don't mm-hmm. know who, but uh, they cut that, which I thought was, you know, a good idea on that. Can end. you imagine her singing with James Marsden and James? Oh my God. Out. Like halfway oh. through, he's like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> She's like, ah! like just like full belt. And he's like, I, you know, there's only so much. Um, so that would have been funny. You know, what's funny about Adina is every time I see her in a movie, I, I don't know what it is. I just, she just looks mad well yeah but also like, <laughs> like i'm trying to say like what which one of these things doesn't belong it's adina in the movie i don't know why it's just like she always looked weird on screen maybe it just it just feels out of place and we're just yeah. so familiar seeing her perform on a stage that she feels maybe fish out of water that's a that's exactly how i feel um yeah it's weird because i don't feel that same way about patty lapone or K- Kristen chenoweth or bernadette peters right it's just adina i don't know why um some people you know and it's nothing against her as a performer some people just don't show up the same way on stage as they do on a camera Mm, so and and maybe yeah it's just like her home is the stage and she just feels comfortable performing on it i famously was on a thanksgiving day parade float with her um and she did not get out of the car to do the parade until three minutes before the parade which i totally get it was freezing cold on thanksgivings for macy's and um she got up there to promote her christmas album and we're going through the parade and i'm like dancing as a chocolate like a lynch truffle i can't make this up and I'm like right behind her and all these people are trying to take pictures and these kids are screaming, let it go. But it, half of it sounds like they're telling her to just let it go. Like there's been a problem. They're like, let it go, let it go. Like she had a fight with all these children on the street, but she's singing, let it snow. So then the people are getting more mad that she's not only singing, let it something, but it's let it snow. And I, thought I was going to lose my mind. I was laughing so hard for two hours, just on a parade float, just singing, let it snow and just not giving the children what they want. But yeah. it was really funny. No, I, it, it, that's a good, that's a good story. I, this is what you, I have to love about the podcast <laughs> is that you and I have met a lot of people. You and I have also probably met people before they became who they were. So we yeah. kind of knew them when I, interestingly enough, was at a, an apartment party in New York city back in like the like late nineties, early two thousands, uh, where it was like Adina and um, um, why am I blanking? Tay Tay, Tay yeah. 
uh, along with like Stephen Pasquale and Lauren Bonanti and like nice. me. Yeah. And I just got to see those folks in a different light and very mm-hmm. intoxicated. So it was a fun time. Um, things New York's a forget. fun city, kids. That's That's a fun city. To say. <laughs> you never know who's going to show up at these things. But anyway, um, yeah, so you, just strong cast left and right, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good, which I, which I really made uh, this movie fantastic. Let's talk about the music real quick. Um, yeah. So we had been desperate for a really, really strong, you know, um, animated movie musical from Disney because we that's what we grew up on and we just, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to see that return to form. What were your reactions initially to hearing the music throughout this film? I thought it was a perfectly played out uh, movie musical for Disney to come out with. I, did, I didn't have any problems. Um, I thought that the numbers that were there, because it's not, you know, they're not a ton, there aren't a ton of musical numbers in this. So, you know, how does she know that you love her? It's such a bop. Like, I'll say it now, it's a bop. It's a bop. You know, it's a bop, everybody. Um, so that one is really, really good. Uh, yeah, I think that it just matches. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was one of those things where as I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, they're they're parroting like iconic like purpose songs in the past. So like right. the true love song, things like that. Um, but I thought it worked well. Um, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. The only song that I thought that was like, you know, maybe like out of place was the, the last song that so close. So song. close. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of weird. But you know what that moment was for me? You know, at the end of a Disney movie when they get like Luther Vandross to cover one of the songs right. in the film, and it's like the most like passionate, soulful version of a song. It's like you listen to this song, but then your parents get down to this version of the song. Mm-hmm. That was so close for the movie. They just left it in the film instead of putting it in the credits. Right. So that's what I took that as. Is like, oh, this is the this is the song at the end of Prince Egypt, you know, whatever. But they've just decided to put it in the ball scene. Put it in the movie, exactly. Right, right. And you know what's funny is like, it reminded me in a weird way, because the two aren't really that related, but I don't know if you ever saw the movie Casper that came oh, out. Oh, yeah. So that That's song true. where they dance at the end of Casper, it sounded really similar to this song. And I was just <laughs> like, it threw me for a loop for a second, because like, oh yeah, I'm taken back to the 1990s and Casper again. But Bizarre. Bizarre. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought the music was fantastic. So any other general thoughts before we move on? No, let's get to our let's get to our let's, topics. Let's get to our topics. Let's go, let's go. So Dusty Room Moments. Anything that made you emotional, get those tears going, any goosebumps throughout uh, this movie? I wrote no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I didn't have any. I just think it's all fun. I mean, there's sweet moments, but I didn't find any dusty room moments for this film. Did yeah. you? Yeah. No, not really. And I thought I thought I would, especially when you know kids are involved. And I was like, yeah. okay. and the little girl in this movie is great, but she's so good. She's so good. Um, like the only moment where I thought I might get a little like emotional is after that shopping montage where she's like, "Is this what shopping with your mom is like?" And I'm like, "Oh no." Oh, no. that's true. It's that like, was. Oh. Yeah. I was, you know what? I was so distracted by the product placement that I didn't <laughs> about what the kid said because it was like Prada, Escada. There was the most like confessions of a um, confessions of a shopaholic or whatever. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> yep. It was literally like a commercial for that movie where they just sit down with the bags perfectly facing the camera, logo wise. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. I was like, this little kid's not going to Gucci. <laughs> Come on. Um, I love it. Whatever. So yeah. I love it. How about any yeesh moments for this movie? Anything that made you like, oh, that hasn't aged well? Or it's, I don't think that I had like a this is not going to age well moment personally. But I, what, while I was watching it, I kind of went, dang, 
this is a lot of white people. And then there's the one Jamaican guy in the park. <laughs> like, we're going to befriend him for just this song. <laughs> and then bye-bye. You know? Right. I, I didn't, I, I was just kind of like, oh, you know what? It's kind of weird that, you know, I could have seen like Anika Noni Rose showing up or somebody, you oh, know, I don't know. Yeah. Just, um, that was kind of a weird it definitely is like if they if they remade this in 2019, there's there's going to be some diversity in that cast there. I mean, if not Giselle, then definitely, hopefully, maybe Patrick Dempsey's part. Maybe definitely the prince. Who knows? Definitely, Indian yeah. girl would probably be pers- played by a person of color. So, right. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, for me, with yeesh moments, I didn't really have any yeesh moments within the film itself. My yeesh moments are actually what I discovered upon the development and making of this movie. Oh. Um, so dish, it. dish out the tea. So this, I don't know if this is a yeesh thing, but it's definitely like a, oh, that's not good. So apparently when they wanted, when they were making this film, Disney realized, oh my God, because we're now in 2007 and everything's like computer graphic animation, we don't really have any more 2D animators to do this movie. So, <laughs> so they actually had to outsource all the animated sequences to a former Disney animator who ran his own studio in California. So all the animation that you see in this movie is not technically done by Disney, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, you know, probably should have not have done laid off all those animators. if you had. And that's one thing I really, really do miss that. There's, mm. there's a lot of films that come out now that I just go, I actually just don't want to see it just because visually I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't like the idea, like, beyond a 2D animation. I really enjoy it. I, like, just watched Sleeping Beauty again because I love the colors in it and I love how it looks. So, oh, it's a bummer. Weird. Yeah, yeah. And then the other yeesh thing I found out was, um, so Giselle is not actually a Disney princess. She is not included as a Disney princess officially. And the reason being is that for merchandising and all the Mm -hmm. other life the lawyers realized that they would actually have to pay life rights to Amy Adams for the rest of her life. So they didn't want to do that. You know, Disney hates paying royalties. Exactly. So they're I like, love oh getting them, yeah. So we, we'd have to pay her for the rest of her, her natural life. No, let's not let's not do that. So we'll just cut Giselle from the entire Disney, See? which is a shame. It's a shame. You know what, though? There's also just, you know, what is her iconic look? Is it her crazy hair and her giant sleeves? Like, what is, what would be that doll? What would kids dress up as? Would they have to have an Amy Adams lookalike in the parks? I think that there's all of this, like, merchandising and and all of that that goes into it. So it actually makes sense. It sucks. But from my standpoint, I'm like, yeah, they could never have done that. Right. What would they have possibly done? What's exactly. that ride look like? Like with the mice? Do you ride the mice into the drain? Is mm-hmm. that what you do? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if anything, maybe a stage show, but that's that's the only thing I can even think of. Like, Right. You know? Um, let's get into some lingering questions about this okay. movie. Did you have any lingering questions? Anything that you're like, well, oh, that wasn't solved or that mystery is kind of left laid bare? <laughs> it's just like, what if we didn't button the fact that Idina gets together with Prince Charming? <laughs> I mean, I just love the idea that it's like, no, they both uh, were pretty miserable. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was my only lingering question was like, well, what if it all didn't button up together? Because the whole point of the film is that like life isn't a fairy tale or is it a fairy tale? And we have to create it. You know, what, what, what is it supposed to solve? What's the movie's point? So mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. point. My question is, does this movie need, actually need a villain? <laughs> no, so, New York is a villain. Boo. You- <laughs> New York sucks. Like New York will tear you down. You actually don't need Susan Sarandon to come in and be Susan Sarandon. Yeah. I mean, I just, I watched this movie and I was like, every scene she was in, I'm like, 
Yeah, you don't really need it. I mean, it, it adds an extra element, but the the struggle, the the issue is already present. Like she's trying to get back. She's trying to fall in love. You know, it's, it's weird. It is totally weird. Also, P.S. Just remembering, you know, her henchman is like the guy you were referencing earlier. Um, my favorite line in the whole film, which I just when he says, "Would the pretty lady like a caramel apple?" I must say, "Caramel apple like that" every time I say that. And even <laughs> even when I'm I'm no joke, like two for one dollar at McDonald's. McDonald's is not paying me. I pay them. Two for one apple pies. I literally every time I'm like, mm, I'll have the caramel apple pie every time because it's so funny and I giggle and nobody gets it. So, nobody gets it. But I just think that like there's yeah, he's villain enough. I don't think that we need to do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and my last lingering question is at the beginning, um, if Amy, if Giselle's not singing the same song that the prince is as he's riding through the forest, does he notice it? Like, does it? Does he fall in love? <laughs> Because she literally, like, he starts singing, she finishes the sentence, and he's like, I need I need to find out who's saying that. Like, if she's well, singing a different song. Like, it's like the, I want you, I want you. It's just like Sleeping Beauty. So I think mm. that they're trying to do the same thing because they are both uh, looking for the thing. But you're right. That's kind of weird. <laughs> just a wow. little. Just a little. All right, before we get into uh, let's rating our singing, the dancing, the acting, the design, um, I do want to throw out some casting what-ifs out there because there were a lot, actually, for this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you said earlier that you can't really picture anybody doing this better than Amy Adams, and I actually agree, but there were some candidates. So one of which was Kate Hudson. What do you think about that one? Uh, Do we know she can sing? That unknown. Yeah. I think she's adorable. I honestly think that she's really, really cute. This is kind of coming off of the height of like how to lose a guy and all of that stuff for her. Um, but I don't know if she can sing. I mean, we didn't know if Amy could sing, but I certainly don't know if Kate can sing. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, another one was Reese Witherspoon. Oh my gosh. Reese with or without her spoon. I love her. She is my darling Tennessee angel. I, that's kind of a toughie. And you know, what's funny. I think that unfortunately we, we compare Amy and Reese a lot because a lot. of their like cutie patootie faces mm-hmm. and and their you know HBO series and you know it's just they are they are kind of typed in a way but um I don't know if Reese can sing me neither and you know the thing with Reese and I looked at this I was like I guess from a career standpoint she'd already done kind of her fish out of water movie which was Legally Blonde so like would this have been I don't know, an advancement for her? Well, does she sing her? and walk the line? Does she, she sing She does it? sing and walk the line, oh, okay. yes. She, uh, okay. Yes. I'm wondering if we should also do that one because it kind Ooh. of is a movie musical and yeah. I haven't seen it in years, so we might need to circle back to that just because we're pondering reasons. I think I think musical biopics are definitely in, in play. So Okay, cool. Which now well, opens then... up a whole catalog, so. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm okay. so excited. Um, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. <laughs> I've seen it a million times. Love that movie. Um. So, yeah, no, no, no. I think that that's just something that we should kind of evaluate when we watch that. But, yeah, I think that that's just a kind of a comparison thing. Yeah. Whatever. Another one was Jennifer Garner. Stop it. What? Like every cutie patootie white actress in Hollywood. It's getting out of movie. hand, Chris. That, this, these are just laundry lists of adorable girls that love to dance around to Liz Fair songs in movies. <laughs> that's what this is. And you guess what? Guess what? Guess who was on The Office? Amy freaking Adams as the yep. first girl. Mm-hmm. So 
Get at me with that, Jennifer Garner. You don't even know. She doesn't know. All right. Um, all right. Last one I had for you. Um, considered, actually rumored, apparently, like this was almost like this close to happening. Okay. Uh, when I say this, I mean I'm, I'm actually doing a very small <laughs> gap. In my, not that you folks can see this, but um, was considered for the prince at one point was Keanu Reeves. Keanu! Honestly, though, Asian American <laughs> would mm. add some diversity. Um, wow, would that have been in the height of the end of the Matrix franchise? Yes. Yeah. What a bizarre thing for parents to be like, hey, hey, I love Matrix. I'm going to take my kid to see that movie. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's honestly bizarre, but I think he does play cute, uh, kind of um, sweet, innocent, kind of not smart. Uh, I think that he can play that really, really well, Bill and Ted. And um, yeah, I don't know. That might have been a good fit. There you go. Oh, and one final one I forgot. Um, this actress was set to actually be in the movie, but they couldn't work out the salary uh, was Jennifer Aniston. Jen. Jen, Which Jen, I don't Jen. think she I don't think she sings, so you probably have to bring someone else to sing. But that <laughs> what a funny uh, oh I I thought I would oh oh I thought I oh oh a rock like can you imagine her getting out of the sewer in New York City and then they just uh, and then it's her at Patrick Dempsey's what a bizarre turn also I feel like Amy and this is not to be ageist just seem to suit the age more appropriately than the actresses you're referring mm, to I think that they're mm -hmm. a little older. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure that the jokes would have landed as well, um, being like, yeah, she, I don't know. Good um, point. Hmm, okay. Yeah, weird. All right, let's get into the singing and the dancing and the acting and design. Let's rate it one through ten and give some reasons why. So for singing in this movie, what do you think? I think we give it a ten. I think yeah. that for the genre, it actually all checks out. There's never a point where I'm like, can they shut up? You know, it's not, it's, it's not like, oh, geez. So yeah, I think um, I think we're good. Yeah, I was right there. Um, yeah. How about your dancing for this movie? Is there dancing in this movie? Do you count the cockroaches in the shower? Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I think that um, how does she know in Central Park is like kind of like the producer's number in the park where they mm -hmm. use a lot of people and there's a lot of big costumes and I think for that number they nail it. So I think if we're going to judge that number and then the ballroom number, they do some really cute um, partner dancing. Yeah, I guess that's it. I guess apparently I got eight. Yeah, apparently that, that number in the park was a pain in the ass to film. I well, can friend, you imagine? A friend of mine's in it, and he was oh, uh, he's wow. on the extras. And it took multiple days because the weather was so inconsistent. So like one day it would be really sunny for like an hour, and then it would go cloudy. It was just one of those weird oh, weather Oh, that's bizarre. In New York, moments. it's usually like a always 72 degrees in new york right sunny yeah it's right? pretty consistent but he just i remember he was telling me <laughs> it's like that it was the worst like thing ever to film Jesus. that um, i believe it i believe it all right for the acting let's get into it what do you think i think that if you have actors that can play drama like we've seen all of them play play silly uh, campy humor like that so freaking well they all commit Jody Benson commits. And oh my Jody God, Benson Jody Benson's amazing. Through. She didn't have to come through, but she did, Chris. She did that for us. Um, yeah, I think that I give it a 10 as well. I think that everyone's perfectly on par. I don't know what could have been better. 
definitely jody benson gives me life when she does the impression of amy adams's voice uh i'm like <laughs> like there it is there it is uh, also by the way um other princesses are all over this movie by the way so Paige o'hara is in one of the soap operas that james marston's watching that's right um, yeah so yeah it's it's just little easter eggs folks in this movie uh if you <gasps> love disney movies or do we call them hidden mickeys Oh, let's call them Hidden Mickeys. There you Deep go. Deep cut for anybody Deep that wants cut. to go see Disney World things. There Hidden you Mickeys, you can buy all four volumes on Disney.com. That was not a paid for a sponsorship. I'm just trying to pimp it. <laughs> there, and I, I, at one point, there's a Bella Note restaurant like in the background of one of the scenes. So like mm-hmm. Disney's all over this thing. I love it. Um, I agree. The the ten. I, I'm going to give it a 10 for acting as well. How about for design? Sure. Design is a weird category for this movie. Design's a weird category only because I feel like that's actually what falters a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think that you know like you said they outsourced the beginning and i think that uh the beginning of the film like if you guys remember is all cartoon animation and uh it should look more like disney-esque and it doesn't hit the mark and then once they're transformed into real people when they come back to new york city it's a very 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 like it's so dated like the second you look at it, you're like, okay, this was definitely 2007, definitely New York, definitely. And um, yeah, I think that there's just a really up in the air design quality. I think that they spent more time on the humor, the story, the singing, the dancing. And I don't think they spent enough time about the vision. Like overall, there's kind of a design aspect that's missing. Right. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't make New York City look at like 1980s grungy New York City. <laughs> And I was worried that they might, but I mean, this is like, not to be, not to be dark, but this is six years after 9-11. So we're not, we're we're being nice to New York, you know, we're not, we're not trying to show it as a terrible place to be. And um, so I appreciated that. I was like, okay, thankfully they're not making New York look like a dump, but interesting, um, interesting crew note. The the costume designer is the same woman who did Clueless, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think if there's a high point in the design, it's definitely in the costumes, which I think were, were, you know, right. We're pretty cool on that end. So I, yeah, I gave it kind of a, a weird, like six, six and a half, you know, for design. Cause it, you know, all the great design really is in the animated sequences, which is, you know, it's very easy to do, so to speak. So very rarely do we have something that actually has both. Like last week we were talking about Les Mis and the design quality was so off the charts that it's mm. a 10, but then like, you know, the talent and, and direction and all that faltered. So I don't know if we're going to have one, maybe we will soon, but I don't know that we're going to have one that actually does both. Right, right. Well, let's get into our bops and not bops. Now, you already mentioned earlier uh, what you felt was your bop. Um, I actually kind of agreed with you. I was like, yeah, like a lot of this is a bop. But um, yeah, I thought that song was fantastic. That's how, about how not, you know. How about not a bop? <laughs> I guess not a bop, if we have to have a not bop, would be so close because it's just not a bop. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not putting it on shuffle and then being like, hope it lands on this one. Like, it's not happening. So I think that So Close is is a nice song, but it's not a bop. It's a nice song that it, it's, have you ever had one of those songs where it starts really nice? You're like, okay, this is great. And then it like, takes a weird left turn. You're like, oh, I wish they'd not done that, but I don't really know what they could have done better with it. Um, that's how I feel about So Close. Like, I felt like, uh-huh. okay, this is going pretty well. Like, the first verse is going out. And then it, when they get to the chorus, I'm like, eh. Okay, you're, and then when you, you get to the bridge, you've definitely lost me at that point. So and yeah, you're like I'm going to start it over. I don't want the rest. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that I, I agree. That that's definitely not my bop. Um, how about anything that you're going to fast forward to in this movie that you're like, I got to get get to this one scene. 
I like when we finally get to Happy Working Song because that's when the movie starts to like get into it. And I'm like, okay, now we're good. We're out of the gutter. We're out of, you know, the story's falling in. I think that that's the point that I fast forward to. I actually like the beginning of the movie. So I'm not even oh. fast forwarding at all. I'm just starting the movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I, I like the song that's in the, mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, I like all the tropes that they're kind of making fun of. Um, the whole thing with the trolls is, is pretty cute. And then like James Marston at the end, like just doing that whole duet. He's like at those last couple bars of that duet. He's bringing it like with he the really highness. Does. Yeah. So I, I love it. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's give out some awards, shall we? Let's give them out. Who gets your Julie for this? My Julie Award goes to Amy Adams because she deserves a freaking award. She does. <laughs> Not because I think she earned it. And maybe this is also the problem with the Academy. Um, no, no, no. I think that she she delivers 100%. She didn't have to. Once she got the part, she did not have to. She could be cute and funny, and we'd be totally fine if she pulled in um, – Emma Watson, but she didn't have to, and she was she did a really great job. So I give it to her. What about you? I also give it to Amy. Yeah. Um, and I I will never understand what the issue is with the Academy, because when you look at the years that she's been nominated for an Oscar, you could make the argument she at least should have two by now. Yeah, and you could at least say two. At least say two, especially the most recent one when she got nominated for Vice, and um, I was just like, I don't know, maybe maybe. Yeah, the same thing but with Jim Carrey. Maybe they're nominating her too much because some maybe. of the roles, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Just because the movie's already being nominated, it's like, oh, well, she's in it and she's good, so blank. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I feel like with... she's kind of becoming the Danny Burstein of Hollywood. Oh, Danny. I know. <laughs> maybe yeah. this is his year, though. I mean, apparently he's getting raves for Moulin Rouge, so fingers <sighs> crossed. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> I love him. Anyways. How about your Russell Crowe for this one? My Russell Crowe goes to Susan Sarandon because she doesn't do a damn thing. No. <laughs> she doesn't sing at all. <laughs> she definitely tries to do that very Ursula-like type of, I'm going to kind of talk sing kind of weird and be all sinister about it. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. If you close your eyes and you listen to her, even though she just sounds like Susan Sarandon, if you close your eyes, she literally kind of point by point sounds like the voice actress of Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty films. Mm, like she okay. actually really mirrors that eerie, sultry, kind of middle mezzo voice. And mm. I think it totally works. Um, we've just seen her do it a lot, you know, so we kind of right. go, oh, yeah, well, she's, you know, but if you if you really put her in the Disney aspect, she kind of nails it. She just doesn't really deliver singing wise. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. How about your bump? Now, here's the thing. I apologize to our consistent, you know, loyal listeners. Um, we did not do a bumlet last week for Les Mis. I completely forgot. I skipped I over it. No, oh, terrible. But I'm going to do it now. So do you have any bumlets for this movie? For this movie? Um, I, I said Jodie Benson just because I thought, what a cute cameo. But she's also, like, being very funny, tongue-in-cheek. She's never... Uh, being like, hey, I'm a princess. Like she's never, she's not trying to give away who she who she is. Like mm-hmm. serving the purpose of like you're the voice of Ariel and you're like a Disney royalty. Blah blah blah. Um, she just kind of plays the character and she's very. I liked her. She was really charming. Yeah, I give it to the old guy when she comes out of this and she's like just looking for a smile. She's like, if anybody would just like give me a smile, and he just gives this great like toothless smile, and then he steals her tiara. Uh, that guy just made me laugh this time. Oh around. my god! Like... Yeah, plus Deep I've in seen the him... East Village. 
Yes, I've seen him in a couple other things too, and I can never remember his name. But yeah, he's one of like those guys. The guy from uh, that thing. The guy from the thing. So yeah. good for him. All right, last question. Yeah. Should this get a remake or a stage version? Or because they've talked about that too. <laughs> or, or uh, you know what's funny? I thought about that question today because I was like mulling over the phone, and, and um, I think it could be remade every year. Like, literally every year, they could do a version of this film with different songs, same kind of plot line, and I would laugh my ass off every time. Here, pay Paskin Paul to do another movie musical. I don't give a shit. Like, do it. Because it's funny, and it checks out. And I think that, like, kids really do enjoy, like, the groundedness of the film. They actually like the whole, like, well, maybe you know, some families are different and some, you know, like there's only a single dad or a single mom or, you know, a mixed race family. Like there's all these things that we could help kind of, you know, normalize for children and then add story and song and be like, there's fun and fancy free moments in life. And also life's hard. (laughs) Like I think, (laughs) you know, I think it could be remade every year and I wouldn't mind. And maybe Amy Adams in the 20th version of the film could get an award. There you go. Well, this was actually uh, interesting. Was that this was supposed to get a sequel um, called Disenchanted? That which is weird because now there's now a Netflix series called Disenchanted. I, was about to say, yeah. um, I think there's also a musical, isn't there? Called like an off-Broadway musical called Disenchanted. Yes, you're totally right. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but it was gonna. The plot was gonna be about how. Um, she's now having second thoughts about marriage and things like that. And that's called Act Two of Into the Woods, my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, uh, what was weird was that like Adam Shegman was attached to direct this thing, um, and then it just never got off the ground for some reason. So mm-hmm. I think I think that window is also closed, probably at this point. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. Not exactly. Um, awesome. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for for this podcast. Grace, anything else you want to plug? Anything going on? Um, so I will be, I, I'm churning out things all the time, you guys, and it's just best if you follow me immediately, um, at Gracie Aki, G-R-A-C-I-E-A-K-I on Instagram. There you go. There you go. And you've got shows coming up. You've got projects lined up. I mean, you're a busy woman. It's crazy. I'm a busy, busy bee, my friend. And I cannot wait. I am like, I am anxiously, you know, awaiting your, the release of your podcast and I cannot wait for that. So January, 2020. We're gonna put up a poster, like just you know, put the date up there because it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. I can't it's the wait. only 2020 thing you guys should be excited about. <laughs> the only <Just> thing. <laughs> there you go. The only thing you should listen. To. Uh, excellent. Well, folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Uh, we have over a dozen podcasts right now. Uh, we just actually posted a brand new episode of our Supernatural podcast. So if you love the TV show Supernatural. Why is it on an onstage blog podcast? Because I'm the editor-in-chief and I wanted to do something with my wife and she's a fan. So, so sweet. There you go. There you go. Um, but w- I should also make sh- mention this. We are always looking for new podcasts out there. So if anybody out there is actually doing a podcast, I would love for you to be on the network and pushing this out to as many people as you possibly can because that's that's the purpose of it all. So um, awesome. Grace, thank you again. I can't t- I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we'll see you right here next week on the Movie Musical Shakedown. A song to sing. One song to leave behind one day more. No day.